a lot of Nigerians are using Bitcoin, majorly among the youth populace, those between the ages of 22 and probably 35, 40 are deeply using Bitcoin. Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 66. My guest today is Shimezi Chuta from Nigeria. He is a software developer, founder of blockchain group Nigeria and a Bitcoin user since 2015. With his Spacebox project, he aims to put Africa on the map of Bitcoin and Lightning full nodes. If you have a question about the podcast or Bitcoin, feel free to visit the episode page at anita.link forward slash 66, where you will find an audio recorder to record your question. Please hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and feel free to subscribe to my newsletter at anita.link forward slash subscribe to receive updates about new episodes. Before we start, a word from my sponsors. I'm excited about my new sponsor, Shift Crypto and their Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. I've known the team behind the Bitbox O2 for some time now and I feel we share the same values. We both believe in financial independence and that means holding your own keys. We also care about making it easy for everyone to keep their Bitcoin safe. The Bitbox O2 is a Swiss-made hardware wallet. It makes it simple to store and use your coins. I especially like the fact that they have a Bitcoin-only edition and I can use it directly with my phone. Check out the Bitbox O2 at shiftcrypto.ch. That's S-H-I-F-T-C-R-Y-P-T-O dot C-H. You'll get a 10% discount with the code ANITA if you buy a Bitbox O2. Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. On Local Bitcoins, you can buy and sell your Bitcoins in an easy, fast and secure way, always protected by escrow. Unlike stock-like exchanges, Local Bitcoins allows you to trade with people like you, and you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Local Bitcoins also offers a web wallet, so you can trade and deposit and send out your Bitcoins all in one account. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coins is one of the basic rules in Bitcoin. Therefore, I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet, which is what most professional crypto experts use. For those who have difficulties with the technical requirements and constant maintenance of hardware wallets, there is the card wallet. The card wallet is a very simple and secure solution for long-term storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. No software updates needed, it's 100% offline and it leaves no traces on the blockchain. You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker, founded in 2014. Order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita and get 20% off. 
And finally, a shout out to the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, where you can find other Bitcoin related podcasts like Citizen Bitcoin, the original Let's Talk Bitcoin show with Andreas M. Antonopoulos, POV Crypto and more. Hello, Chimesi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anita. Thank you so much for having me. It's great that you're here. I got to know you because uh, last week, I think, I was co-moderating Pod Splits, the weekly talk about the Lightning Network by Fulmo, where you presented the Space Box. Uh, thanks for continuing the conversation here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Let's start with a little introductionary question. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. What have you been doing in the past and what are you working on now? Okay, I've pretty much been very active in the IT industry for quite a long time, um, probably 15 plus years. And um, I had also... Um, had several projects that I did that had to do with uh, software development. And uh, in the last five years or so, I've been focused more on emerging technologies of um, blockchain and cryptocurrencies and uh, helping to drive its adoption in the country where I live in, which is Nigeria, and across Africa in partnership with other groups and associations. So um, I got involved with Bitcoin in 2015, and I think I bought my first Bitcoin from BitPay in 2015 at $233. And ever since, I've been so fascinated about the, the technology behind it, which is blockchain, which led me to set up um, several groups, um, one of which is um, Blockchain Nigeria is a group which is a community of enthusiasts, developers, investors, and so on that helps to engage the public in discussions that will help the adoption and growth of the technologies in Nigeria. So primarily we do a lot of conferences and we do a lot of trainings. And um, in the last two years, we have successfully engaged uh, regulatory agencies to help them to understand these new technologies and also uh, the need to craft the regulatory frameworks and uh, policies that will help the industry to thrive. So these has been the, the things that I've been doing in the past. And uh, much recently also I got involved in Lightning Network because from my own perspective, I believe that the adoption that we all clamor for in the industry will go it will work um, if um, the, the, the technology is designed in such a way that everybody's participation is um, guaranteed somehow. So I got involved with Lightning. And of course, because of the challenges that we have across Africa, I had to also Im Im reimagine and redesign a concept that we are hoping will be able to drive its participation in the entire Bitcoin network. So these are the footprints I can uh, mention for now that I've been involved in the last couple of years. You said you bought your first uh, 
part of Bitcoin in 2015. How did you get into it? I mean, who told you about it or where did you find it? Okay. Um, as a tech person, you, you always, um, I, I pride myself as someone who has a master's degree in Googling. So I, I was doing a whole lot of research on the internet. I was searching for, I was actually doing stuff on 3D printing and I was searching for recent developments in 3D printing that could connect it to, um, the reason why it's part of the innovative uh, disruptive text of the four IR. So I found out that the, the 3D printing companies were now using blockchain to map um, product in a unique way so that they could track its uh, supply chain. And I also stumbled on mention on cryptocurrencies as uh, part of the the technologies that are also emerging that will disrupt banks. So I decided to go into uh, a little bit of a study, how will cryptocurrencies or how will Bitcoin disrupt that? So I did that research and I just tried out my luck and um, said, okay, let me just buy this stuff and see how it works. So as soon as I bought it, I began to research more and that led me to go to um, University of Nicosia at Cyprus and took the online, um, they have this free MOOC course on digital currency. And I had to take that course. And that also set me straight on that part. And in fact, that particular course was taught by the key players in the industry, people like Andres Annapolis and uh, Andres Polymetics. These are names that I had heard in my research. So I was excited being their students in that uh, particular program. That's great that you mentioned that because I also did this one, you know. <laughs> uh, so the University of Nicosia is actually doing a very, very, very valuable work here with this free MOOC. And um, yeah, it was really great to learn from Andreas Antonopoulos and, and uh, from Mr. Polemitis. Yeah. And I see more and more people who take the chance to learn there the basics. And uh, yeah, great to hear that you also were able to do this. Yeah. Okay. So, and then uh, I think in 2017, you've written a book about uh, blockchain and digital currency revolution. Can you tell us what it is about and who's the reader group you want to reach? Okay. Thank you, Anita. I wrote that book in answer to, first of all, a burning passion inside of me to get the word out to as many people as possible because the the... One of the things that anyone will agree concerning blockchain and uh, uh, virtual financial assets is that it has a high transformative power to um, change the way we do businesses, the way we transact, and even possibly change the way we do government. Okay, so so I felt that this thing is so huge and um, writing on them on my social media platforms was not enough. So I was seeking for how to drive that knowledge across all um, platforms as much as possible. So I decided that, okay, book could do the job, okay? Because if we hold conferences and people attend the conferences and they walk away, conferences are not such a nice place where you could actually 
um, learn on a deep level. So I decided, okay, if we get a book and we hold conferences, at least at the end of each conference, people could walk away with a book and continue to read more and study more. And it worked like charm. And a lot of people began to get involved. So what I did in the book was to simplify this entire technology in a way that somebody can pick up the book and he'll get um, a very good understanding of key um, segments of the technology. I know that at this present time, it's so difficult to explain blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies in non-technical way. But what I tried to do in that book is to make it as simplified as possible for people to be able to take it up and read. And of course, um, the third reason being that allowing people to just go on the internet to search for information um, is not the best way for them to learn. You need to um, provide them sieved information because sometimes when you go out there and you are searching for something, the browsers will give you results and some of those results are either product-centric or they are service-centric and you may not get the actual um, uh, truth of that particular subject matter. So it's better to present them in non-product uh, centric manner so that they could just get the, the accurate information. So I targeted non-technical people with that book and um, also the the regulatory agencies uh, at that early age, they, they, they found that book very helpful because they could easily read the book and get a hand on the subject matter. And um, you said before that there are many obstacles for people in Nigeria and other African countries uh, in the financial world, you know, handling your finances um, or in general. Uh, what what are those? What are the obstacles? Okay. Um, first of all, um, Nigeria, like most African countries, are the same in terms of um, failed systems um, and lack of infrastructure. In the last couple of years, um, technology has advanced so much and it has helped also to help the continent to defrock some of the setbacks that they've had over the years. Okay. So, um, in terms of the, the, the opportunities that are lacking, like, um, access to banking, because one is access to owning bank accounts. The second is access to having, um, opportunity to, assess the banking facilities that typically one should get from the bank. And some of these are actually completely off the reach of ordinary people. In Nigeria, and as I'm sure it's also like that in some African countries, most banks don't give you loans if they don't have collateral services, collaterals that are backing those loans. So um, only people who are already um, a little bit self-sufficient could actually uh, talk about having collateral facilities. So again, you find out that the, the loans circulate around the already rich people. So the other um, cadre of people don't really get to have um, access to loans in a bank, except probably they get someone to shorty them and stop for them, which in most cases are not very easy to assess. Then again, you also look at the 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 unavailability of um, electricity in most uh, cities. 
and um, states in Nigeria. It's some of it's part of the reason why um, things don't work the way they are supposed to be because electricity it's actually supposed to be a basic, but because that basic is lacking, every other thing has been very difficult to build on top of it. Okay, then we'll look at the issue of failed political system. That is also a major problem because governments across Africa has failed consistently in the last 40 years and they have added really no value in the lives of their growing youths. And um, a technology like blockchain technology and uh, cryptocurrencies offers much better solution to the issue of unemployment, the issue of... Um, access to finance because these are providing what you call alternative finance. So, so there are more people accessing this alternative finance that they could have possibly um, accessed if um, there was no um, blockchain. So it's, it's one of the most empowering technologies that has affected Africa in the last five years. Okay. And probably that's the reason why um, we're not seeing Africa burning the way it's supposed to because most of the youths are engaged in this particular kind of technology. So they have less time to pay attention to the failed political systems. Yes, and I think also uh, the financial monetary systems are failing in uh, Nigeria and, for instance, uh, even more in Zimbabwe. And I've heard that inflation is very high. I was told that overall, of all African nations, there is uh, 50% inflation every five years. Is this in Nigeria the same or is it even worse or better? And probably the person who is giving 50% uh, devaluation in five years is just being economical with the truth because um, a, a very simple look at where Nigeria's Naira was 10 years ago will show you that it is not anywhere in the range of um, uh, 50% per five years. 10 years ago is um, 2010 and in 2010, the US dollar exchange for a naira for around 57, around 57 naira to one US dollar. Today, as we speak, is doing one dollar to 445 naira. That's not 50%. That's multiples of hundreds. Okay. So most African countries, their financial system are broken. And in Nigeria, for instance, we have Three or more exchange rates. We have the, the, the official exchange rate, which is currently at 390. Then we have a special exchange rate for some internal and uh, government uses. Then you have the black market and the black market is what serves the majority of the populace. The, the government does not have enough foreign exchange to match the demand that comes from the populace. So the populace seek for the the, the, the effects that they need from the black market. And okay, and the black market is fed through, um, remittances that come as inflows to ordinary Nigerians. So they go to where they can get the maximum, um, returns on those effects. And those who are looking for those effects, they also go there in desperation because they cannot get it from the government. So that is the reason why the black market drives the exchange rate more than the government uh, the fixed exchange rates. 
And do you see many Nigerians already using Bitcoin as a way to receive remittances? Yeah, certainly. Um, I was looking at um, uh, some uh, indices, financial indices on the last quarter from um, a news website, a, a, a website that um, aggregates um, currencies and their behavior in um, Africans are doing about $27 million transaction of Bitcoin on a weekly basis. And Nigeria is on top of it doing about um, $18 million every week for Bitcoin sales. Now, that's a huge amount of money changing hands. And that does not even account for the transactions that go on OTC platforms and um, WhatsApp groups and um, uh, probably Telegram groups. Okay, so if you add that, because I know that a lot more people do much of these transactions on these P2P platforms and uh, Telegram groups. So you imagine how many Nigerians that are actually involved in these transactions. So clearly, a lot of Nigerians are using Bitcoin, majorly among the youth populace, those between the ages of 22 and probably um, 35, 40 are deeply using Bitcoin. Did, did you just say 18 million? So Bitcoin at the value of 18 million US dollar per week are exchanged or are coming into the country as remittances in Nigeria per week? Absolutely. These are wow. these are voluntary transactions from uh, regulated agency um, platforms like Paxful, Local Bitcoin, Luno, El Remitano, and a few others. Okay, um, I, I need to also remind you. I used to be the uh, regional director for Paxful for Africa. Um, I worked with them for about a, a year, and as at that time, I was working with Paxful. Paxful was doing. Um, four to five million dollars in transaction every week. In Nigeria only. In Nigeria only. Oh wow! Okay, um, that's great. And do people uh, exchange that to Naira immediately, or do you think they also try to hold it a little bit? The the very excellent of um, getting involved with cryptocurrencies. Um, altogether is to maximize profit. And most of the time, the traders, those who are trading it for profit, hold them for it to appreciate so that they can maximize that profit opportunity. But for end users who are probably do, using it for remittance purpose, they just get the um, Naira equivalent and move on. And for those who are looking for dollars, they just get the dollar equivalent and they move on. Okay, so, but the main drivers of this transaction is the traders. The feature for the traders is making a profit so they can make more profit of Bitcoin than uh, of other ways to get remittances inside the country. Or, I mean, something uh, has to be the difference between getting remittances over, let's say, Western Union uh, or Bitcoin. What is it? Well, um, for most people who are using Bitcoin for remittance purposes, they do so because one is faster 
and um, probably cheaper for them to do that. Secondly, they also want to keep away from uh, um, KYCs that government could um, demand on them. And you know, today in Nigeria, we have issues like um, government taxing every 10,000 Naira deposit in every anybody's uh, bank account. And when you multiply what government wants to take as a cut of people's um, transactions, it's huge. So sometimes they, they choose to go through some other ways that will allow them to uh, maximize those profits. Okay, so those who are doing um, Bitcoin, using Bitcoin for remittance purposes, need to do that because of speed of access. Whereas those who are doing it for trading are doing it specifically to maximize their profits. That's very interesting. Thank you for that. So uh, coming back to Bitcoin a little bit again, for you personally, I mean, you know about the characteristics of Bitcoin being open, neutral, borderless, uncensorable, non-inflatable, and so on. What is, in your opinion, the most important feature for you or for the people in Africa or in general? For me, I think the, the, the most important feature for Bitcoin is... Um, Uh, censorship resistant and um, self-sovereignty. Now, uh, a lot of countries in Africa, you know, you, you, you have to, if, if you are holding the currencies of those countries, you, you lose, you, you, you run the chance of having your, your sweat, you know, being eroded away because of bad government decisions that could cause the the um, value of the national currency to um, go much lower than ordinarily it could have possibly been. Okay, so, um, but if you were smart enough to keep your funds in Bitcoin, for instance, then in the years that your currency will be probably going down, your Bitcoin will probably be heading up not. And that's actually a huge um, advantage. Secondly, um, there have been cases where people's um, assets, where their bank accounts were forcefully closed or forcefully um, placed on no debit order. And um, you find out that you, you have account balances in your bank account, but you cannot access them because um, probably someone reported you for um, one offense or the other. And then without um, giving you an opportunity to make your own input, they first of all um, lock down your account before they commence their investigations. Okay. So the issue there is when you have the opportunity to have your funds in a place where government can not censor it, you are in a place of advantage because you can always have access to your money. Okay. So, These two points to me are primarily the most important um, um, purpose that Bitcoin could serve in a region like Africa and in a country like Nigeria more than any other thing. Okay, then of course the the fact that it's a controlled, mathematically uh, 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 backed um, kind of currency that. Um, controls inflation from the root 
Okay, that's a huge opportunity also. Then the freedom to borderlessly transfer your money to wherever you want and whoever you want anywhere in the world. It's another added icing on the cake. So probably in Europe and America, these things may not be fantastic options because the government works and they, they are responsible. But for Africa here, I mean, it's, it's a huge opportunity that we have an alternative uh, finance. Yeah, but therefore it's also uh, very important that you hold your own keys, eh? Um, because otherwise uh, you're also censorable if you have your money on an exchange. But but I think most people do peer-to-peer -peer exchanges uh, in Africa or in Nigeria. Is that true? Yes, most people do peer-to-peer -peer and also um, advanced traders use full exchanges. But then the knowledge and the understanding that um, unless you have your keys, you don't own that coin is growing rapidly and people are getting a lot more um, a understanding about the need for them to use services that allows them to have control of their funds. Okay, In the beginning, it was not like that, and that resulted in a lot of people losing access to their funds. I remember also when I was working in Parksville, and a lot of people probably you 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 do some uh, suspected fraud on the platform. Paxful will lock your account and you don't have access to your funds. Okay, but with more enlightenment, people are learning only to leave the funds minimal funds that they need for transaction on exchanges and to offload them to more uh, of those kinds of services that allow them control over their monies. And you also said before that the Lightning Network is very important for the adoption of Bitcoin in African countries and I guess also in other countries where people are poor and don't have so much money because uh, you can do micropayments or smaller payments as well. And um, you started a new project um, to, like, I think, enable people to access Lightning and also uh, be a part of the Bitcoin network. It's the space box. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What is it and what is the goal for it? Okay, thank you, Anita. Um, when I started doing and um, diving into Lightning Network, one of the things that I did at very early age is to use the Lightning Map Explorer to take a look at how nodes are distributed across the world. And I found that, that Africa really did not have much of a node um, in comparison to what you see in Europe America, um, Asia, or even Australia. Even South America also has a considerable number of nodes. So I was wondering, so why is it that Africans are completely excluded? And this thing does not have any, um, uh, there's no fencing. Nobody fences you out if you want to participate. So I began to study the reason why Africans were not fully represented on the node map. And I felt, okay, probably we could find a solution. And one of that solution is to see how we could utilize one of the things that Africa has in abundance, which is sunlight, to use it to power lightning network nodes. And I, first of all, experimented in my own uh, closet and built a successful lightning network node that currently runs. 
and it's powered by the um, solar panel that I attached to it. And I said, wow, this, if this works, then it's possible to also um, repeat it and have as many Africans as possible to run the node. So first of all, we will have that sense of belonging that, okay, we are part of the bigger multi-billion dollar Bitcoin industry. Secondly, um, as everyone knows, um, transaction fees for Bitcoin, even Ethereum, which used to be an alternative uh, payment uh, option for people, have all gone to the north in terms of increased fees. And um, one of the solutions that can manage the high cost of fees as block rewards keep um, getting lowered and lowered is actually to have more people run uh, Lightning Network nodes, because that way you could open channels and make your payments and your payments will be fast and they'll be a lot, lot cheaper. And for most of us in Africa, I can't imagine paying somebody for something worth $100 Bitcoin and I'm going to spend extra $5 or $10 as a transaction fee. It does not make sense at all, okay? Because $5 may not mean a lot to someone in US or UK, but for someone in Africa, $5 is a huge amount of money, okay? So it could feed someone for a couple of days, okay? So for you to have adoption of this technology, there has to be a way that it can comply with the type of uh, income level that people in this part of the world can afford. And I felt that Lightning will offer that alternative. And that was how I began to design that product. And um, currently, we have a plan to turn it to an integrated um, kit where it will be very easy for someone to, um, to pick it up much like the size of a stabilizer that people normally use in their homes. And you just connect the, the, the solar panel and your node comes up instantly. So at this point, I'm trying to see if we could uh, crowdfund the initial, um, fund that we need to like, um, create a market ready product. And based on that, we could now think about possibly mass producing it. So the initial crowdfunding will probably be able to produce about 35 of those units. And those 35 units will be like uh, prototypes that we could distribute across a few countries if we are able to get them out. And after that, we can now consider mass producing them for a wider um, global coverage. So the first goal is to reach uh, people in the Bitcoin space, in other countries, in other African countries, so that they can learn about it and uh, set it up and then maybe get more people into it. Is this the goal in a way to educate more people also? Perfectly, Anita, because in the moment you lay your hand on a lightning node, you find out that you are being exposed to a completely new level of knowledge and you get to understand Bitcoin on a very deeper level. Okay, so if we're able to get these um, uh, units out, then whoever received them will receive adequate training and knowledge and they will definitely learn much more than they ever knew about Bitcoin because Apart from the fact that you have this node running um, Bitcoin um, full nodes, there are quite a lot of things that 
are still possible running that same unit. Okay, there are a lot of things that you can do. For instance, you could open a channel and connect your channel. You can open a, an e-commerce store, for instance, and you can connect your e-commerce store to your node. So people pay you directly with Bitcoin and it goes straight to your node and you are your own bank and you're processing your own transaction by yourself. Secondly, you could help other people to route their transactions from your region. So people who want to send out money or receive money in your own region, you could be a routing partner to some of those uh, bigger nodes elsewhere. So you're able to position yourself to play that role. Okay, there are other tools there that like um, privacy tools like Joint Market that can help people to make some transactions in a much more stilt way and um, uphold privacy. These tools are not very common to ordinary people. So once you start running these nodes and you're exposed to some of these additional services, then you find that it's eventually rewarding. And that's part of the things that we want to see um, uh, across different regions as we roll out this first set of kits. As far as I know, uh, internet connections are very expensive in African countries. So how is it possible that people who run the full nodes can download the initial blockchain data? Um, making the initial blockchain data available is part of the added service that the node operators who get these kits from us will have because we will definitely have already synced um, Bitcoin blockchain that will go with each of those kits. So on receipt, all you need to do is basically to update them and update the Lightning uh, network, the LND, and which could take just a few hours to get it up and running. I know the challenge in um, downloading initial blockchain. I tell you, I don't think um, it's possible, except you have access to fiber to to down, complete that download in less than three weeks. Okay, so uh, in order to make it very easy for whoever is picking up these kits, we're going to be sending them the kits with already downloaded um, Bitcoin blockchain. So on connection, they could just um, spend probably three, four hours to catch up with the current blockchain height of the Bitcoin network. So, but then operating the, the, the node itself, it's not ex an expensive venture because I know that um, even though connectivity is not so good and um, price is so, so high, but it's affordable. Frankly, Anita, I know it's affordable because um, whereas in Nigeria, my own Nigeria experience, and in Nigeria is one place I know that um, people pay very high prices for um, data. You, you, you don't need more than um, $20 of data to run a node in a month. You don't need more than that because the, the average um, size of your daily um, data usage for each node is, is between 300 and 350 megabytes per day. So if you check that, you find that, that 20 megabyte is more than sufficient to last a node for more than a day. And in Nigeria, 20 megabyte is, is, is about um, five to 7,000 
at most 10,000 naira. And 10,000 naira currently in Nigeria is just about 20, $22 or thereabout. And uh, if people are interested in supporting your fundraiser, where can they do that and how? Okay, I opened a fundraiser at um, Tally CO, that is a T A L L Y C O dot I N slash um, tutor. That's the Tally um, website address, and you're able to support the initiative with either Bitcoin or lightning if you pay with lightning it comes directly to our node and it's not going to any other um, transactor to confirm okay so that's one of the advantages so you pay all that lightning lightning comes straight to our node okay so um anybody who wants to support that i have tried to work out some kind of uh, benefits for early supporters of the initiative part of the benefit is um if you just want to support with maybe a $5, $10, you can freely do that. But if you like to receive this node, this kit when it comes out and you are supporting with anything above $200, you get this few, this kit when it's out completely free. And um, anything between $150 to $200, you get a 50% discount when the kit is out. And anything um, between $50 and $150, you get a 25% discount on the kit when it comes out. Okay, this is just a way of um, creating some kind of a reward for people who wants to support the initiative because um, I reason that uh, unless there is a reward somewhere along the line, I may not be able to um, fund this initiative fast enough. So that's what I've tried to do at this point to create reward system that can um, be interesting to early backers. Can you ship that worldwide? I mean, can I from Austria send you money and you can send me the space Absolutely. box? Absolutely, because um, the shipping companies I've used so far is um, DHL. And I know that they have footprints on every single part of the earth. And um, we can either use UPS or we can use um, uh, um, DHL. DHL, UPS, and FedEx works perfectly well. If it's in U.S., in terms of reducing costs, we could use um, uh, United Postal Service, which is also in partnership with the Nigeria Postal Service, and it will also be received at a lower cost. But elsewhere in the world, we could ship with DHL, and it will get there. Like I said, during when I was um, holding the podcast on um, uh, Port Please, I mentioned that we successfully sent to British Columbia and the recipient has already unboxed and uh, set up his Lightning Network and is already online. Okay, so I think with the fact that the logistic companies are properly spread, it's just a matter of cost, and anyone anywhere can receive the kit. Understand. I will put the link uh, to the fundraiser in the show notes. And we're coming to an end now. Thank you very much. I have uh, two or three last questions. One of those is, uh, what is your vision for Bitcoin in the near and longer future? What can and will it do in Nigeria? Okay. Um, as long as... Um, Nigeria continues the way it is. The Bitcoin um, 
alternative finance will continue to play a major role in deciding how the youths of this country will um, pattern their lives. Um, in most jurisdictions, like this morning, I read that um, uh, Belarus government is about to involve its national, uh, for national purposes, they want to get involved with uh, Bitcoin mining. And that way, they were, they're, they're planning to use the excess energy they have from their nuclear power to power rigs that will help them mine Bitcoin for the future of the country. And I made a post on that on my Facebook page and uh, it received a lot of attention because I was asking, can Nigeria or will Nigerian government consider something like that? The, the options for Nigeria to do better than it is doing here is there. But the funny thing there is that there's no roadmap that is showing that we'll get there in the next couple of years. So because of that lack of visible roadmap, Bitcoin will continue to be the go-to instrument that people will seek both for hedging against any of the inflations that are imminent. Nigeria will soon enter its um, second recession in, in five years and Bitcoin will continue to be that hedge asset that people will run to. So I don't see much of a difference in the way government will be run because I don't see any plan on grounds to make things better. So because of that, I conclude that Bitcoin will continue to play a major role in the lives of the youths of this country. And for anyone who had gotten involved with them, they will definitely prefer it as an edge against inflation and government uh, mismanagement of monetary policies. Yeah, I think so too. Um, do you have any recommendations for your people in Africa, for Bitcoin beginners? Where should they go? Uh, to the, the MOOC of the University of Nicosia? Or do you have any other recommendations for people to learn more about Bitcoin? In our community in Nigeria, here in the Blockchain Nigeria User Group and across Nigeria, we encourage people to um, take the free mock um, program because as you know as someone who has also passed through that program you know that is highly empowering and um, unlike any other resource that someone is going to find out there on the internet you are giving this information without attachment to any product or service and that makes it very unique so i always recommend that people should take that free mmoc course from University of Nicosia because it prepares you with everything that you need on a fundamental level to do very well in this industry, whether as just an uh, individual who just wants to gain knowledge or someone who wants to build a new career in the industry. That course is perfectly okay. Okay. Then secondly, I also recommend that people join um, us in Blockchain Nigeria group because it's um, it's not connected to any project or any service in any way. So just like MOC will give you information free without um, coloring them on a product-centric level, that's the same way that joining Blockchain Nigeria helps you to learn everything that you need to know about um, blockchain technology and um, cryptocurrencies without coloring them with any product or service um, orientation. 
Yeah, I think that's a very important um, fact that what you say here, that people always should go uh, to organizations that are not for profit. And as you say, uh, because most of the times or very often, I think these are scams and they try to sell you their product. Uh, but um, this kind of information, the basic information about Bitcoin and blockchains should be free, actually. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, if you're like uh, an entrepreneur doing online courses or stuff, of course, I think you can um, earn money with that, but you shouldn't be affiliated with any company or bigger organization or any coin, you know, uh, to, to stay independent. Yeah, perfectly. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, where can people follow you and your work when they have a question, maybe? Okay. I am I'm practically on all the major social media platforms at Chimeze Twitter. On Twitter, I'm there as Meze16. Um, on LinkedIn, as Chimeze Twitter. On Facebook, as Chimeze Twitter. And um, uh I pretty much googling my full name will bring out quite a a, a bundle of um, resource. I have um, file sharing platforms. I have my files at FileShare at um, Chimeze Shooter. I have my files at slides.com slash shooter. Okay, so practically most of the social platforms and file sharing platforms will have um, my information because I've been quite involved in this education stuff. So I make quality content available for people for free and they can always assess them. I'm also a medium. I have written quite a couple of articles on medium that are also helpful in the industry. So you can always go to medium and um, put slash medium at Chimeze Twitter. And that's, that's it. Great. Thank you very much for all the work you do uh, in education and in Africa and Nigeria. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, many people will fund your fundraiser for the Spacebox. And thanks for this interview. Thank you so much, Anita. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. If you like my show, please share it with your friends and hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now. Thanks to my sponsors who make it possible that I can produce the show. Localbitcoins.com, Shift Crypto with the Bitbox O2 and Coinfinity with their card wallet. Music. Start with yes. Delicate beats. Idea, content and production. Yours truly, Anita Posch. <laughs>